We have a lot of claims to fame here in Great Falls, including being home to the only functioning gargoyles in the state of Montana. We're learning more about this more than century old 65,000 square foot building called the Ursuline Center on this episode of We're No Damn Experts. Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm Rebecca Ingham. I'm Shannon Newth. And we're No No Damn Damn Experts. You would think after so long we would get smart in something, but we don't. Nope. That's because we don't revisit the same topic over and over. So (laughs) we're learning a little bit about a lot of things. Yep. No repetition for us. And today is the first timer we have with you today. Which I'm really looking clumsy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to this conversation. And I know this spurred from a question that you had. Yeah, I I know there is something big. Well, we have gargoyles in Great Falls. And I know there's some massive important fact about something connected to them. And that's it. Like, I can't even fact check what I think I know today because I I don't know anything other than we have gargoyles in our city. It's part of a set of architecture, like varying architecture that we have that unless you're really paying attention, you might not even you might not notice. But we do have a variety and that includes the gargoyles. So we brought someone on the podcast (laughs) who's going to be able to tell us the truth about gargoyles and more And, and a lot more. Yeah. In the studio, Tom Trunkel, <laughs> Ursuline Center, um, which is one of our 12 now museums in our fine, fine city. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So, Tom, welcome to our podcast. Before we dive into gargoyles, <laughs> tell us who you are, how long you've been in Great Falls, w- why you're still here, all those fun <laughs> things. What you're doing. Thank you, Rebecca. My name is Tom Trunkel. I'm the executive director of the Ursuline Center here in Great Falls. Um, I am not a native of Montana, originally oh. born in Detroit, Michigan. My oh, father, my goodness, w- my father worked for the Detroit News newspaper oh. uh, for a couple a couple of decades before relocating back to Great Falls in the early 70s. And so um, I'm glad they made that decision out of the six kids in our family. Uh, five of us were born in Michigan and my youngest brother was born at the Columbus Hospital. So oh. very thankful that. Uh, at a time in Detroit when things weren't so great, um, they decided to take the leap of faith and get back to Montana. So, so your dad's originally from the well, area. Yes, okay. he is. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. That reminds me, though, another place that would be interesting to dive into its history is the Columbus Hospital, which is oh. no longer a hospital, but there's so many stories from there. Let me just tell you, I've been to some offices up there and mm-hmm. one of the wings, like some of them are really well done and the, you know, the hallways look great. Yeah. And then there's like some lower rent district offices in the Columbus <laughs> Center where I'm like, 
Well, this what would make for a really here? spooky movie. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned the Columbus Hospital because its connection to the Ursuline Center is that both buildings were designed by the same architect. Oh, I was going to say they kind of looked similar mm-hmm. now Very that you say that. similar. George Shanley was a renowned architect in this area and throughout the West, Western United States. Um, he produced some masterpieces of many of, of the architectural buildings that he's designed um, I would say probably 90% of them are on the Registry of Historic Buildings. Wow. Oh, including the Ursuline Center? Including the Ursuline Center was put on the registry in the 1990s. And buildings like the Columbus Hospital, uh, the Civic Center, the Blackstone Apartments here in Great Falls, oh, near downtown yeah, Great Falls. That has the same look too, doesn't it? Um, hmm. Very gothic, a gothic revival look to his design, but... Um, he was a prolific designer, and so the Columbus Hospital, um, the Civic Center, and other buildings here in Montana and the West were were really kind of influenced by his design. Huh. Interesting. Do you is, is you're the only building that ended up with gargoyles? Um, <laughs> to my knowledge, yes. Um, it's always been told to us in the history of the Ursuline Center that they're the only functioning gargoyles in the um, in the state of Montana. See, that's I told you there was a fact yes. in there somewhere. I have a question. What does functioning gargoyle mean? So um, (laughs) most gargoyles, as they were developed, and now we get this um, perception of gargoyles being in medieval times, Mm -hmm. on on medieval churches, on flying buttresses of cathedrals. Um, But gargoyles go way back to Egyptian times, Roman and Grecian times, where they needed something to carry the water off the tops of buildings, Mm -hmm. a spout or a gutter. Um, the word gargoyle, uh, its origin is in French and it means throat, gargoyle. And so gargoyle, gargle, gargle, yeah, gargle yeah. gutter, um, rain gutters, um, and they were all created differently. Um, the, the, the gargoyles on our building, they're kind of a combination of an animal and mythological dragon. And mm, so yeah. you'll see a winged, um, elongated necked creature on there's eight of them on our building and oh my gosh and so they do um function as water spouts so on the very top of that tower it's a flat roof with a skylight and the runoff of that goes out the mouth of the gargoyles they look exactly what you would think a gargoyle would look like yeah i mean we've all seen them this Not necessarily in the wild, but <laughs> we've all seen a gargoyle. Because I think I really don't know that much about gargoyles. So when you said functioning, I was like, like they like they shoot fire out of their eyes or like, what is it? Like, they, just come alive just during at, Halloween. they come alive at night. That also makes me think we've really just lost so much character in our buildings, haven't we? I wish I had gargoyles instead of the... You know, I'm Chintzy honestly thinking gutters. about adding some to my house now. Yeah, like, oh, you should. I need some gargoyles. Absolutely. I mean, I the know. downspout right now with the rain gutters gets kicked by the deer every night, right. and I'm really over it. So gargoyles, it they is. They might not mess with that. I only need four. Yeah, mine are so boring, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some gargoyles. Well, I we, think we found a new project. <laughs> <we're> like, <laughs> we should put them on the outside, just of the building hey, here. Hey, Steve, we're yeah. going to upgrade our rain gutters. <laughs> we need you to cover half. Right, <laughs> it's worth it. We promise. Yeah. All right. So we've learned what functioning gargoyles are. <laughs> Thank you. Um, talk to us about what the Ursuline Center is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I said it was a museum, but it's so much more than that. Yeah. 
it really is a, a, a time capsule, like you say, mm-hmm. a living, breathing museum that you can stay at, you can um, conduct meetings at, go to school at. Um, we get that question quite often. When people drive by, they ask, gosh, is that a school? Is it mm-hmm. a hospital? Is it a retirement home? Um, quite often we get those, those questions. And it has been many things over its 110-year lifespan, mm-hmm. the building um, was constructed as an all-girls Catholic boarding school, and, and uh, ground was broke. Uh, the cornerstone was laid in 1911, and here's just oh. an incredible fact. The building was completed and ready for school the following fall in 1912. So, Holy, that's um, some really fast work, especially in that time period. Extremely fast. Wow. Um, the... Um, the the gym wasn't there. The gym was built a couple decades later in the late 1920s. But the building itself is a stick and beam construction with a brick veneer facade. So the bricks were made here locally uh, in the Great Falls oh. area. We have a strong history with stonemasons in this area. Yeah. Very much so. That's and so we've got some great photography in our Heritage Gallery, which illustrates many of the Croatian stonecutters, stonesmiths, from the Lewistown mm. area that were over here during the construction of the Ursuline building. Wow. Huh. There's a whole other aspect to the like, Croatian. You know, I, that makes me curious. Oh. Just that yeah. history as well. Anyway. We'll find yeah. someone to do a podcast well, Yeah, on that. we'll do more on that. So you say people can stay there. Like, I could stay there. I could go and hang out. Um, Run around the building in the (laughs) evening. (laughs) Well, we function now. um, Many of our roles, uh, one of the roles we have now is a retreat and conference center. And so uh, many diverse groups, both spiritual and secular, come and um, book uh, weekends, weekdays uh, for meetings, conferences, whatever the mission of their particular group is. Um, and they need a launch pad. They need a place to meet that's relatively inexpensive, a place that's quiet, a, a place that has such tremendous history. Um, groups like the Great Falls Camera Club, uh, Youth Dynamics, uh, the Diocese of Great Falls Billings, um, Preservation Cascade, um, Fly Fisher Adventures. These are groups that utilize the building in one way or another. Um, we're set up to handle 125 people overnight, so 125 beds for uh, overnight accommodations. That's like a full normal hotel uh, that capacity is so, for a lot. It is such a neat building. Yeah, it is. It's very much, yeah. And we have ten uh, over 10 meeting and conference rooms uh, of varying sizes. So um, we have a full-service cafeteria that serves uh, at up to 80 uh, retreatants at one time. Hmm. Um, we've got the building is over 65,000 square feet. We're on wow. four levels. And so There's it so allows us the opportunity to serve multiple groups at the same time. Yeah. And so that um, is, is wonderful for what we do because the other mission that we, we do is the, uh, our Ursuline based preschool. And so we have a preschool and pre kindergarten program. Um, which operates from the first part of the day, and then we have an aftercare program in the afternoon. But we have about, um, this year, probably between 90 and 98 students. Wow. So it's a large preschool program. I've been to the Ursuline Center, I'm not going to say a lot, but Mm -hmm. a good number of times, and I've never (laughs) seen little children there. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding. Neither have I. No. Uh, we have a, pr- a playground on the side. And I've seen so the playground. I just have never seen the or heard it's, children. It's children. Oh, my yeah. gosh. They I must be on the floor I'm not on. Yeah. 
Well, you, you said in the, they're in the lower level? Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, they're on the first and third floors. Oh, okay. So what makes the preschool huh. program there so unique is that it prepares these young children uh, for pu a public school setting or a parochial mm -hmm. school setting where they go graduate on to kindergarten at the public school level or a private school sector. Um, so they go in an actual classroom. They're going to the cafeteria. They are oh. um, going out to so the playground. So it's more so like school. Yeah, mm -hmm. Very much like school. There's a gymnasium. That's probably why I've never seen them. They're like in <laughs> class, right? They're, <laughs> they're not just they're running busy the doing their things. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah, con they're conducting quantum <laughs> physics there or something. Yeah. So very wow. advanced program. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is Earthline Center then still is affiliated with the Catholic Church, the Catholic Diocese? Um, Great question. So um, our heritage and, heritage and legacy is very much rooted in um, the Catholic faith and the mm -hmm. Catholic Church. Um, the Ursulines are, of course, a, a Catholic organization. So our legacy and our mission is something that we carry on. We carry on those principles and what we do. Now, um, our service mission is very secular and, and, and spiritual. We mm -hmm. serve many spiritual groups from the, the Catholic Church to Presbyterians, Lutherans, um, the Jewish faith, um, and then secular groups so like Preservation Cascade groups that mm -hmm. are just real grassroots community mm -hmm. uh, organizations that really want to make a difference in our community. And so they come, they have an opportunity to meet at the Ursuline Center with wireless internet. We have a lot of the technical capabilities in which they can conduct meetings mm -hmm. and hold uh, retreats and meetings and conferences. And so um, it allows us to do that in, in a building that's really just, as I said earlier, a living, breathing time capsule mm -hmm. to a different era. Yeah. There is so many, I'm going to say, rooms within the Ursuline Center that are yeah. spectacular. But I have to say, my two favorite don't have much of, well, one does. My two favorite is the, like, the theater area where there's the stage and I don't know why, but I love that room or space. And then the um, chapel area mm. is stunning. Like some nights I love my husband so much. I think we should get remarried in that <laughs> church, in that chapel. Um, but there's a lot of rules connected to the chapel. Not as many rules connected to the theater. And by rules, I mean not just anybody can walk in and hang out in the chapel. <laughs> Correct. So we do have a chapel on the third floor, and, and that that fact itself is, is a bit strange because most chapels are b built on a main floor of any building, but here um, the chapel sits above the auditorium, which you mentioned. Oh, yeah. And it is a Catholic uh, chapel, and there's a Catholic Mass every Sunday and special oh. feast days. There's a Catholic Mass. We utilize a priest, a chaplain from the Benefice Health System that oh. comes and says Mass. And so we're not a part of the Great Falls Billings Diocese. We're separate. We're kind of on our own island. But um, <laughs> but every they, Sunday you can go out to church there. At mm -hmm. 10 o'clock. Yep. Huh. Okay. Let's start going to church. There you go. Because <laughs> you like the building so much. That Have you ever seen it? I have. As we've been talking, I realized that my interactions within the Ursuline Center have been pretty minimal. Minimal. Yeah. I've been in because I've spoken to a group of ladies who held an event there, but it was like in the the kitchen or um, eating areas. I think I've wandered somewhere else for a story in the news, but it's been many, many years. So I'm realizing I need to come wander around sometime oh. where I'm allowed to wander in there <laughs> sometime. Well, I'm sure Tom would give you a tour. Absolutely. Okay, great. We do tours <laughs> all the time yes. uh, for folks coming to Great Falls yeah. and visit and want yeah. to see 
uh, a bit of history that covers over 100 years. Um, we do tours by appointment. Um, you know, if you're in town, we try to schedule those the same day or when you're available. Yeah. So civic groups, organizations that come for tours, uh, schools that come from out of out of Great Falls, from Kalispell, Missoula, um, that come to Great Falls in the spring and they stay with us for a couple of nights and they tour the local museums and interpretive centers yeah. here. So it's a fantastic setup for us. They come to Great Falls. They stay at the, It's like summer camp for these kids because yeah. we can set them up in some rooms and some dorm rooms. And they get to experience what it was like over the last 100 years, what it was like to be a, a boarding student there. So it's a neat That'd experience. It would be really cool to go there rather than staying at a like a normal hotel on a school trip, right? Like that would be really cool. I would have definitely remembered that as yeah. a student. I, I'm just saying, if you're a teacher and you're listening out yeah. there, there's no better place to do a um, field trip. Yeah. And if you need help planning that, Callie G and Tuckerman in our office, mm-hmm. which you probably have never heard of on this. Po- she came on the podcast one time, right? No, she didn't. Not since I've been here. Okay. Yeah, she's never been We've on the podcast. her, I think. Um, yes. But she can help you. <laughs> uh, she's absolutely yeah. fantastic about connecting groups with all of our world-class museums and mm-hmm. what a interesting opportunity to kind of do the night at the museum yeah. idea <laughs> with the Ursuline Center. There you go. Absolutely. But okay. the chapel itself, we got um, Sunday mass at 10. Can you get married in that place? You can. Yeah. You just, um, you can receive, if you receive permission from your parish priest or the, the bishop in your diocese. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. We've done it many times. Um, special baptisms. Um, sometimes brides who are married elsewhere want their wedding pictures taken there. And so oh. we'll, we'll set oh, that up as well. That would be pretty. Yeah. Does that need special permission? Um, not from us, but maybe from their local priest. Not necessarily. It's not Kay. something that we're conducting a, a rite of marriage or anything, but yeah. just for photography. Yeah, it's a beautiful so maybe, setting. Maybe it that's your route into that. Yeah. Rather than a like a rededication of your marriage. You yeah. just do like that's a probably photo a good show. plan. I mean, it's teetering anyway. On <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a different podcast. So that's part of our podcast at uh, night that we yeah, do, right? Great Falls uh, After Dark. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Only sort of joking. We've talked about that many times, too. Um, but it is a beautiful space. We've got yeah. amazing photos of it. And if you're paying particular attention, maybe on our Instagram page, channel, Instagram, whatever it's called, uh, you'll be able to see Instagram. some. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> That's There's the so place. many different things. Yeah, it's not necessarily it's a channel. YouTube it's, channel, Facebook yeah. page, yeah, Instagram. There we go. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, yeah. And the auditorium, how many people does that seat? It seats 220. And so what's amazing about the auditorium, when you walk into the building, again, I, I, I say this all the time, it's like a time capsule because mm-hmm. um, our current staff, we are just stewards. We, we stand on the shoulders of those who have come before us, the past lay directors and mother superiors who really took an amazing took amazing care of the building and so when you walk in you'll see the original light fixtures and doorknobs and wallpaper and carpeting and um, you'd mentioned some of the rooms that we normally don't have open uh, unless it's a tour historic tour or a fundraiser Um, those rooms are opened up our our museum our heritage gallery um, the green parlor. Yeah, the uh, green parlor is my, I like that place. And too. then the uh, art studio up in the tower where Mother Raphael's oh, yeah. 
uh, art studio and gallery, which is at the very top. So when you drive down Central and you look at the magnificent Ursuline Center in the very middle, the very top, that space up there was an art classroom. And so um, the longtime art instructor, um, Mother Raphael Shweda, uh, taught art there for her entire existence here until her passing in about 1973. Mm. And so we've had many people who have come back to the Ursuline Center and reminisce about uh, sister or mother Raphael Shweda and how strict she was. She came, she was truly a, a, a child prodigy. She was born in Bavaria, Germany and was offered a art scholarship to the um, Dusseldorf Art Academy at the age of 11. Oh my gosh. So wow. just a profound artist uh, later uh, came to the U.S., uh, joined the Ursuline Order and immediately was out, uh, came out to Montana in the early 1900s, I believe, was out at St. Peter's Mission, which is the, um, was the mother house of the order in Montana for many decades. She was out there, and then when they built the Ursuline Center here in Great Falls, she came uh, and then taught there from 1912 to her passing in 1973. Wow. So many of her pieces, much of the art that decorates the hallways and the murals, the murals in the sanctuary and the chapel are done by her. And so um, that is something. Some of her works were in private collections that have been since donated back to the center as well. So upstairs, I've been in the tower and I've seen the work. Is that all her work as well just sitting all, in there pretty much all but maybe three or four pieces and those three or four pieces that aren't weren't by her were by students that's bec- that went on to become really exceptional artists here in the great falls area so um it's just an amazing you can see the the influence that she had on these particular students for sure i imagine the light up there is was a great for the studio makes a gr- it would mm-hmm. make for a great condo <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not not saying you should change what direction you're headed, but who? Yeah, that that would be a. Pretty then I wouldn't have to put gargoyles place. on my own house. I'll just, just sell and there. There you yeah. go. Well, like it. it's interesting you mentioned that because the building was built as a music and arts academy, and that was the emphasis oh, of this okay. particular academy. It was called the original name was Mount Angela Ursuline Academy, hmm. and um, so the auditorium, which you spoke of earlier, along the sides there are practice rooms, and there's probably oh I'd say eight practice rooms, four on each side, yeah. um, where students could go and practice the horn, the violin. Uh, piano uh, and, and with privacy and, and silence and so and then the dual stage tier allowed for them to do pageants and programs uh, both Christmas and spring and then currently we allow user groups uh, the Belt Valley Shakespeare group has utilized it yeah. uh, for rehearsal outside groups theater groups music recitals um, the acoustics in that auditorium are amazing because we've got groups that start to plug in amps and they're like, gosh, we don't need to plug mm. in the equipment because the um, the sound quality in there is just exceptional. I envision like creating our own little talent showcase. Like mm-hmm. everybody can sign up and do a talent show there. Well, there is a, a Electric City's Got Talent now exists. Perhaps that's a future location for it. Oh, I'm telling you, I like mm. that space. Yeah. Well, that's neat. I didn't realize it was made specifically as a music and arts academy. What an underappreciated <laughs> thing in our community it, to have that caliber it, of it, space. It, yeah. Absolutely. It, it, um, 
we've had groups. The Montana State Old Time Fiddlers Association ah, was mm-hmm. was conducting free music lessons for people mm-hmm. for the guitar and violin and fiddle at the Ursuline Center, and in exchange for um, what we considered rent, um, <laughs> Matt and and groups uh, members of that group um, got together and restored probably all eight to twelve fiddles and violins that we had in storage Holy and so um, new strings they repaired woodwork and the necks and and tuned them all up and um with the caveat that their students um could utilize those instruments if they didn't have their own mm. and so it was just great to see that it's process yeah absolutely yeah. come back around again and so um it being a music and arts academy, there were a number of plays in our Heritage Photography Gallery. We've got some amazing photography of them staging these scenes, these Shakespearean scenes on the front steps. We've got the main steps in the middle of yeah. our building outside. And so mm. they do these photo sessions of these people in <laughs> elaborate costumes. And uh, it's just really interesting to take a glimpse back at that for sure. Yeah. That's so, Tom, are you musical? No. <laughs> have Do you ever, ever <laughs> have you ever strummed the harp in the green parlor? No. Gosh, no. Tom. No. It's a beautiful instrument. It was built uh, in France and on the um, outside there's a, a like a brass plaque on that particular harp and it's in French and it's it do bas- not touch. <laughs> <laughs> Do not plug pluck the strings, <laughs> yeah. but it says that this this manufacturer this harp has built uh, harps for the czars and empresses of Russia, and so yeah. that particular instrument goes back you know over back to the mid 1800s is when that particular harp was built, and we still have it. Um, the musical um, the experts here in Great Falls had they suggest not restringing it because of the dry climate here and the structure uh-huh. of the harp being made out of a hardwood that is fairly brittle. Um, but we have it on display for sure. Tell me on I I've been around Great Falls a while. We have actual experts in this community that can tell you don't restring the harp. Like I would <laughs> I can't even imagine who I'd pick up the phone to call. To go, hey, we've got this harp. It's yeah, hundreds of years old. What's your thoughts? What do I do with it? Yeah, <laughs> like who did you call? Like, did you know who to call, or someone just showed up and somebody from uh, I believe it was a few years ago from uh, Nichols Music. Oh, so, yeah, that makes it. Bud yeah, Nichols. Bud Nichols. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd have thought long about it, I would have been like, yeah, that's you who would have gotten to him. I would have. Yeah. Well, I'm not calling you. <laughs> no, don't. Yeah, not for that thing. No, mm-hmm. no, <laughs> no, please don't. Yeah. We could probably end up with that phone call, though. We might. Yeah, yeah. that's a good. We get like that's good here. to, yeah. like, store away in our brain for random questions we get asked. And also, it will probably disqualify me for any future career moves. Um, <laughs> but if I worked at the Ursuline Center, I would pluck the string at least once. <laughs> <laughs> I would go. I what I might do is go in the auditorium when no one's around and, and attempt to sing and Ooh. see if oh. it makes me sound any better. There you go. Yeah. Have that you done that? Oh, um, I I think you know the the kids. <laughs> yes. We just had our Christmas. Answer <laughs> <laughs> that one was yes, we folks. We just had our Christmas program last yeah. week, and so our preschool and, and pre kindergarten yeah. students give their their program, and so um, it's just phenomenal. This this the. The auditorium was packed with their parents and loved ones, and mm. uh, the their voices just carry throughout the Neat. building up to the fourth floor. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, and it makes you think about that. For me, at least, it would make me if I was standing on another 
floor and be like, oh, this is probably what it was like a hundred years ago in here, just the echoing throughout the whole building. Right. That would be a neat... You know, musically, they have, in in our front on the second floor near the main office, there is a set of chimes that stands on to itself. And when a particular, when I call her or a visitor came for a particular sister or nun, um, they would gong a particular chime on this set of gongs or chimes, and you could hear it, and then they would come down. So there was no intercom system. They wouldn't run up there. They couldn't call them. You had to know your note. Yes, you had to know your chime. But uh, (laughs) we still have that on display and functions. So in addition to the photography that we can see of times gone past, there's a whole section of the Ursuline Center that just has pieces of history, like tangible pieces also that you cannot touch, um, but you can see. <laughs> she really wants <laughs> Don't to touch, touch something stuff. in there. Um, so <laughs> that room is called the Heritage... Heritage Museum. Okay. And then right outside of that is our Heritage Gallery, which is the the photography display. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the museum, you're correct, contains many tactile objects and artifacts and and art pieces um, from the times that the sisters were teaching at the mission sites throughout Montana. So not Um, just out of the Ursuline Center, but all of the missions. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there might be some furnishing items. There might be... Um, beaded Native American pieces, uh, moccasins, gun scabbards, tobacco pouches. These were projects that were used to teach um, children, Native children, um, basically instill them, instill them um, the beading skills that they would have learned uh, from their families or elsewhere um, near or on the reservations where they were living. Oh. Interesting. Um, one of the neat things I think is in there, and if my memory serves, which is starting to fail me every now and again, <laughs> they've got like letterman's jackets. There's letterman's jackets in the museum. Am I There's right? A, like a letterman's sweater. Yeah, yes. there we go. Like mm. the old timey sock hop soda yeah. fountain well, letterman's sweater. They had their own, huh? They did, oh. yeah. So their their mascot was the bears. Uh, all Ursuline Academies are known as the bear. Ursula, as you know, the, the oh, north star uh, of the bear. Look at how much we're There's learning. so much significance. Absolutely. In <laughs> so they, um, the, um, lost my track there, but... Um, the, the in the in the museum itself we have a display and this is kind of funny and I make fun of this uh, <laughs> is in the Go corner we up. have how the the bedrooms used to be set up with the brass bed and the oak mm-hmm. furniture and the letterman sweater hanging off. Well, I tell our guests and, and our visitors, well, go just go upstairs. The rooms look exactly <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know, it's not, you know, it's not because it's the, we had the brass beds that are still functioning, uh, the, the oak furniture and the mirrors. Um, the rooms that the students and the sisters lived in were, were basic rooms. They, they were, um, there were rooms that were set up with either one or, or two beds. So a student might share a room with another student. Um, they had a sink. Um, the students were required to do their, if they were boarding students there, they were required to do their own laundry. They were fed there. Um, but the uh-huh. rooms really, as I, you know, you walk into the building and it's, you're living in a museum. You get to stay in a living, breathing museum. So you stay in these rooms. The mattresses, of course, billows have been replaced. Um, oh, where's good. the good authenticity <laughs> there? Well, no, no, no haystack yeah. or anything you get to stay in, but yeah. Um, when it was built, because I'm thinking of the old pictures that we've seen of like the Paris Gibson Square, uh, which is now the Museum of Art, but it was built in the middle of 
nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the Ursuline Center is even further away mm-hmm. from town, if you will, in the 1900s than the the square is. Yeah. So, um, is there any? Was there anything around it when it was built? Because it seems like there's a big campus feel to it because there's some house that still houses Ursuline sisters. That um, might be a lie. <laughs> not quite, but you... <laughs> two truths and a lie. Which one? So, <laughs> so uh, we we've had uh, the Ursuline obviously acted as a retirement home for many of the Ursuline sisters that were here. Okay, and so our last in resident sister, Sister Frances Porter, she was uh, a, uh, was ra- born and raised in Black Eagle, and then became an Ursuline sister at the age of eighteen, a novitiate, and then. Um, she lived to the, at the center, moved back to the center and lived there up until her passing about two years ago. Oh. And there is one other Ursuline sister here in Great Falls, and that's Sister Rita Cahoots. And she's just an amazing lady. She really lives and breathes the Ursuline mission. She's out doing voter registration. She's vi- visiting the sick and the invalid, and she's in her late 80s. Mm. And she lives in an assisted care uh, facility here in Great Falls. But um, just her spirit and, and her her mission and her lifestyle is just really inspirational. So she lives here in Great Falls, but she really um, is the last remaining Ursuline sister here in Great Falls. Huh. I I think just before yeah. you move on, I think it's crazy that there was an actual Ursuline Center sisters living in the center mm-hmm. up until just up recently. Until recently. Yeah, that no. is. Mm-hmm. We have a, a floor in which uh, the sisters, an area where the sisters usually lived at that time, uh, whether they were a teacher or, or going through the training. But um, and then on the other side of the buildings where the students um, had their room and board. Huh. Which. Was she always like fending off people who were trying to come see the museum? And she's like, "No, this is my house. Like, go away, like, stay away. This, this is, is private, private quarters. Room. <laughs> Nothing uh, to see here. It's all in the museum. Right? <laughs> you want to learn about me? It's next door. Yeah. I'm going to take a nap. All right. What? Uh, was going back, we talked about the green parlor, the mm-hmm. harp there. What is the green parlor? Uh, thanks for asking that question because the green parlor. It was really it was a stately room. You go into it, um, really much the, the Gothic collegiate revival feel that the, the Ursuline has. Um, you go in there and you really just transport it back in time. You feel like you're in this old English uh, countryside manor. The, the timber bean construction inside, the green rugs, the richness. Um, a student had come back to the Ursuline Center years later and painted tree foliage along the tops of the walls. So you almost get this... Oh, Narnia of Chronicles or Harry Potter feel to it. Um, But, um, you know, the room was was a room where they would hold high tea. It was a room where visitors, uh, VIPs would visit. Uh, Maybe the bishop would come to town. Uh, Family members of those families of the students could come. Um, It was a multi-purpose room. Uh, They would hold music lessons and recitals there. In 1930, let me back up, in 1929, Ursulines um, actually broke ground on a two-year college here in Great Falls, right next door to the Ursulines Center. Not a lot of people know this. So right where Paris High School is, right where we are, in 1929, um, the Ursulines broke ground, laid the cornerstone for a two-year Ursuline 
uh, junior college. And a uh, very similar style to what our current building looks like, but much more expanded, a much more collegiate feel to it. Mm. And uh, a few months later, unfortunately, the stock market crashed. And oh. so they scuttled the plans for that huh. particular. That'll put a damper on mm-hmm. things. Sure would. And then, but three years later, they got together with the Sisters of Providence who were here in Great Falls yeah. mm-hmm. and saw a need for um, really a, uh, for training for teachers and nurses. And so in 1932, that green parlor became a classroom for three oh. years uh, for students in the nursing program. Oh. And then beyond, and then 1935, the Sisters of Providence established their own campus. And then, but medical classes, uh, biology classes were still held at the Ursland for college students up until World War II. Wow. And so the room also, if a sister passed away, her body was was laid for visitation uh, in, in the green parlor. And so we've had many uh, students that have come back and said, oh, I remember they would line us. We'd come down the stairway, a single file, come through one door, pay our last respects, maybe say mm-hmm. a prayer at the casket and then go out the door and so on the carpet you'll see this unusual oval wear pattern around where a casket would would typically be placed it is the coolest craziest weirdest thing yeah i remember so my husband uh jason layard worked in tourism for a little bit and i remember he told me this story i think when during his time here it's like it's the like oddest just like eeriest thing that that marking is still there from that. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that's in the green parlor. That's in the green parlor, absolutely. And then next door across uh, from that is what we have is the the bishop's parlor. And so at the time when the Ursuline building was built, the diocese did not have a local office here. Um, It had just actually the diocese of Great Falls building had just been established in the early 1900s. There was the Western Diocese, and so they needed a place for a traveling bishop to stay. And so... Um, as was the time the the men were kept separated from the women. And so the bishop's parlor had its own um, formal library inside Mm -hmm. there. It's it's one of the few rooms that has its own bathroom. So it was really pretty upscale. And um, later on, uh, we we have used this room now for for folks that might be a director of a retreat or a leader of a retreat that can stay in this particular room. Again... This will disqualify me from ever working at the <laughs> Ursuline Center, but I would move in and just live there, and yeah. that would be my office mm-hmm. slash house. Like yeah. I would just, I would <laughs> take up in the bishop it's busy parlor. Now. Mm-hmm. now, I do remember being there one time on a tour and um, looking inside the bishop's parlor, and I was peeking around corners as one would do, uh-huh. exploring the space, and I, I ran into a bishop that was there and i'm like oh, uh, oh he's this like is no your you're room. fine and i'm like no i don't no, think this I'm, is your room. i think this uh, i think i'm wrong <laughs> and i left back quickly. away yeah like it was nothing inappropriate i just right. didn't expect to find a human around the corner right. you know when you were snooping <laughs> and then yeah. there was one and I'm like well i guess it really is a bishop's parlor yeah. that's where they keep them <laughs> like that's where they are we weren't kidding <laughs> have you had it so you mentioned the green parlor being a place where maybe esteemed guests would come and stay have you have there been any aside from from bishops i mean any presidents Ooh. senators 
The queen, uh, movie she, stars. The queen made a stop here that we didn't know about. Uh, governor Roscoe, Mark Roscoe, mm-hmm. a previous governor here in Great Falls or in Montana, um, has has been to the Ursuline Center. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of local politicians have been to the Ursuline Center. Sure. Um, really, we just try that opportunity anytime we can get people in to um, dispel any you know rumors. That, is this yeah. a, a, a retirement community? Is it a hospital? So we get to tell our story and we get to tell that legacy and history, and then also our current mission so mm-hmm. that's really important for us to do as a nonprofit. so mm-hmm. yeah how long have you been with the ursland center tom eight years eight years, eight okay. years. does it hit yeah that's about right <laughs> well we came are we, you gonna he started at ursland and i started at tourism around the same oh, time okay. yes gotcha yeah so that makes sense then yeah mm-hmm. that's what i remember <laughs> so i have had my daughters my nephews and nieces my great uncles and great aunts have all gone to have been ursuline graduates have oh. gone to school oh. there at one time and nice. so um i'll co- walk down the hall and i'll catch a glimpse of maybe my great aunt helen in oh. a picture from the 1920s so um, it has that special connection for me um and yeah. i know for many folks in this area especially in that neighborhood who Really, it's just been a big part of, of their life to have this um, beautiful four-story building in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You said it's 65,000 square feet. Yes. Maybe you said this, or maybe you don't know. How many rooms are there? Um, that's a good question. So as far as bedrooms, you know, we usually just go by beds. And so yeah. I'd probably say on the boarding side like for our guests there's probably 30 to 35 bedrooms on the third and fourth floor okay and then we've got two or three rooms that are set up as dorm rooms and so these are former classrooms that we put multiple beds in mm-hmm. so when the middle schools and high schools come to great falls to tour the local museums interpretive centers um they can put boys in one room and girls in mm-hmm. another and, and and again it's like a summer camp feel for them yeah. they just love it um so the Bed-wise, that's, that's kind of what we go as far as like a bed count. From. Yeah, gotcha. And then like each floor has their own set of rooms. Right, right. Um, that's what I'm, because I'm picturing the times that I've been in there again, which I'm realizing I need to go back and take the whole tour. It feels very much like a maze to me. Like I remember walking, I'm like, okay, I got to find the cafeteria. And then I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure one time I was here before, but it was that direction. It's that, you know, the old, the old style building, a huge building where it's not like you it's open right. this open concept right like it's kind of a maze it, at it, least that's yeah my remembered design impression. style uh, much different from the open floor concepts sure. that we see now but um the building itself you know when george shanley was an architectural student he studied abroad in in the uk and so um as legend goes um the inspiration for the design of the chapel and really the building was really his time spent there in England. Mm-hmm. And uh, on weekends and on off time, he would duck into countryside chapels and churches, mm-hmm. these old English style churches, and would conduct field sketches in mm-hmm. his notepad. And then um, the inspiration for our chapel and much of the building was really stemmed from those, those field sketches that mm-hmm. George had done at, as a college student. Mm-hmm. And there's how many floors are there plus the tower? So we've got, uh, there's four floors. There's okay. the ground floor and then the fourth floor. And then the, the art room or the art studio is considered yeah. like the, the fifth the floor. Fifth, yeah. Fifth. Okay. So back to gargoyles, the whole reason you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you said the um, only functioning gargoyles in the state of Montana does that mean there are other gargoyles you know of in the state? Um, 
I thought that it was mentioned to me on a tour uh, that somebody said, well, I think we have one, a set in Missoula, or it might have been Kalispell. Oh. But, you know, Great Falls, these... The gargoyles that we have here with the long necks, the wing bodies, and almost a tiger-like head. Um, people asked why, why the neck was so long and elongated. And, and that was really to carry the water as far away as possible away from the building and the mortar and the yeah. foundation. Yeah. So rain coming off on that top tower, they wanted that water to be funneled uh, off onto the grass four stories below. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, I was thinking maybe we'd have greater claim, like if they were at some of the missions from around the area, but we're just going to claim we have the only gargoyles that function. Only functioning gargoyles. I yeah. Pretty much just, I, I'd like to say that. Yeah. yeah and sure. I could just say only gargoyles that are functioning in the yeah. state of Montana. Yeah. I, there's, I'm sure there's other gargoyles I in the state. I doubt it. Really? I really mm. do. Mm. Well, I like that ours are functioning. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, is there like a a gargoyle repair man that you call? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's like in the Rolodex as well. Because fu- uh, they're with still the harp functioning, right? There, yeah. there are, there's a lot, there's quite a few talented stonesmiths, cutters, yeah. and masons here in, in Great Falls. So we're pretty fortunate. Um you know, the, the building had undergone extensive renovation and remo- not remodeling, but renovation in the early 2000s. So it was repointed. Um, much of the concrete work in the foundation was stabilized. Um, over 500 new windows were replaced oh, in the wow. building. Holy um, moly. A lot of windows. Custom windows that are historically correct. Uh, double insulated, um, protects uh, UV light from damaging mm-hmm. any of the artwork. So um, not only were they efficient, hugely efficient, but really they, they function, they're aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new roof. Uh, much of the work that the Ursuline Center Historical Foundation, the, the foundation board that I report to, um, has gone, the work that they've done over the last couple of decades, two or three decades to really make sure that the building was stabilized and protected um, was was paramount. And mm-hmm. so going back in the 70s, um, there was a real strong possibility that the building was going to be raised. Um, Sister wow. Dolores Helbling, who is an Ursuline uh, administrator, had come to Great Falls with a plan. She had to come up with an idea of whether to um, find another mission for the center um, because the fact that there were less and less women entering the order and then secondly, the enormous maintenance and stewardship costs of the buildings right. was way beyond what they were taking. And so fortuitous that they came together and Sister Dolores, when she came to Great Falls in the early 70s, of course, there was this whole urban renewal going on in communities around Montana. Downtown areas were being stabilized and renewed. Um, certainly that was the case, what they wanted to do with Ursuline, but they weren't sure they were going to be able to pull it off. And she didn't know what that mission was going to be. Mm. Uh, they knew that at that time, the eighth grade, the middle school had closed in 1966, and we were only conducting a kindergarten and preschool at that time. Mm. But they needed something else, a th- an, another leg to support the center. And serendipitously, when she was here, um, there was a Jesuit priest staying at the Ursuline conducting a personal retreat. And this man is certainly legendary, uh, Father Armand Nigro. Uh, he's very well known in the Spokane and Gonzaga areas. But they got together and uh, they thought, you know, they kind of banging some ideas around. And, and serendipitously, they came up with the idea of, of a retreat and conference center. Mm-hmm. 
And so they started that and it grew over the next two decades. And there was really an upswing in retreats and spiritual retreats going on in the U.S. And so that really saved um, the Ursuline Center. Um, as we've seen, uh, the St. Thomas Orphanage, which was just a few blocks oh, up yeah. central, was uh, demolished or raised in the 80s. And so um, that could have been the case with the Ursuline Center. Thank God. Um, yeah, those two people mm-hmm. came together. And so I just always am so thankful. The, the, the lesson that we learned from this in the Ursuline history is that never discount the power of a single individual that mm. has the same visual vision as another. And so when those two came together, um, they, they created this plan. Uh, and then eventually a foundation board was created with the mindset that, hey, we're going to have to undertake some of these rehabilitation costs we're going to have to really bite the bullet and look at how we're going to fund this and so um, through grants and historic preservation grants they were able to to conduct like new windows new roofs and repointing of the bricks and so wow um, much of the electrical has been redone and so kind of the last thing that we're dealing with is just kind of the plumbing you know kind of dealing Uh, with we have found out that 110 years is about the lifespan of a lead pipe (laughs) so those pipes are in the wall and they start to bring a lot out of it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, that makes sense. Plumbing is, water can be damaging, as we've it's seen. Yes. Very water, mm-hmm. water here is very hard, um, mm-hmm. high mineral content. So, you know, typically when we have a leak or a plumbing issue, it's, it's usually those pipes giving out. But Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you folks, having been there, and Shannon now feeling envious that I've spent more time at the Earthland Center mm-hmm. than she has, yeah. um, photos don't do this building justice. Mm-hmm. There's just no way to take a good photo photo to really encapsulate what you would experience by going there in person it's a good glimpse you get a general idea but the vividness of like the green parlor Mm -hmm. you can't get it all in a photo Mm -hmm. we've tried (laughs) didn't work well we've got pieces it's just not you can't get the full experience Mm -hmm. You're, you're correct. You know, when you go into the chapel and uh, again, uh, the details, um, you look at the, the sanctuary walls in the back and there's there's two images on the right and the left. The one image tells the story of St. Ursula, the namesake of the Ursuline order. And on the right is, a, is the story of St. Angela Marici. And both of these murals were painted by uh, Sister Raphael Schweda. And the, the story of St. Ursula, uh, the image depicts of this beautiful woman in flowing red being escorted to heaven by angels on, on high. And then the handmaidens, these young women in the foreground, those handmaidens, um, their faces, the looks that they have, um, were, model, were high, high, high school students. They were all these faces are, oh. are students that posed for her. While she did the sketching and then mm. the eventual painting and the laying in of the of the color, and she huh. painted these on the ground on canvas, and they were later applied to the wall. Oh. So that unto me, I mean, perspective wise, wow. I just don't know. I mean, she was so talented. She was really a, a fantastic Renaissance artist, but she knew mm. that technique of perspective and being able to have it look correct once it was applied to the sanctuary wall. You don't get that on the tour. You only get that here on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that nugget. And now you can go 
and so on the, the tour kids, that th- those are actual kids that were at the Ursuline Center in so that high school students. Mm. Yeah, yeah. and they were girls at that time, only girls. And so she had them stand in a- as her model. And there's mm. one particular angel or handmaiden in the painting that the story goes is she did not want to pose, and she kept looking away <laughs> and smirking and just yeah. being real stubborn. And so this little bit of a smirk, almost a Mona huh. Lisa smirk, is evident in the, her smile, oh. the way she's poised and looked. Yeah. And so it's just a little, the nuances and the details there are really just profound. And mm. really, it just speaks to her character. Mm. I would have put, put devil horns on that. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you think put it in a corner. <laughs> I love it. Teach this kid a lesson. Yeah. I mean, clearly, another reason I'm never working at the Ursuline Center. We <laughs> You're just racking them up here, aren't you? My black cold heart (laughs) (laughs) do you uh with all of this history are there and rebecca is maybe this is a better question for rebecca to ask because i'm not as much a believer of these things but do you have are there there ghost stories hauntings things like are there spirits that uh still remain that no you know and it's funny because we had one of those programs like from the discovery channel call us and they Mm, were wanting to paranormal guys yes and they wanted to come through the ursuline and and sister francis said no this is a place of great spirits and good vibes however um we do have a sister blandina who is this (laughs) mythical uh, sister (laughs) so whenever a piece of furniture goes missing or is just typically moved from one room or another we blame it on sister blandina there we go those things yeah so um no the the energy and the vibes there are super positive super good um the music the art uh the light the natural light it's just an amazing building Hmm. i think sister blandina shows up at my house every now and again too (laughs) right because my husband says he hasn't done anything your husband is sister blandina is (laughs) what you're saying well i didn't touch it there's Mm -hmm. only two of us in this house Mm -hmm. now we know who the third person Uh, is she's (laughs) roaming the countryside That's interesting. Again, I'm not like a big believer in those things, but I I would think just given the history of the building and things like that, that there would be hmm. these some, some more around it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in, in the building, I've had kids say or, or folks tell me oh, this is much like Downton Abbey the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Back stairwells and passageways mm, and uh, mysterious rooms. We've got a room that's just a room that was not even in the architectural plans, but it's oh. there and it just exists and it's empty and it's kind of off in this limbo zone between floors. We've always Ooh. found that interesting. But, you know, just overall, you know, the the again the heritage gallery that we have that showcases some of the photography from just from the 19s the teens to the 20s 30s 40s the different dress styles that the mm. girls would wear and so like in the 30s and 40s they, the 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 school uniforms were little sailor outfits for the young women mm. uh, young students and so you see just different styles going through and and um, mm. each student was photographed and so all the way up to our ninth uh, 1966 class there's individual we have photography. We have a, a high school uh, photo gallery over on the east end of the building, which showcases the, the photos. So, um, you know, it's just amazing that, uh, you know, the, the folks that have come through, if they weren't students, they were they took music lessons there. And so there were um, there was a professor and his wife who were immigrants from Estonia and they left Estonia when um after World War II and, and the Soviet Union was rolling through, uh, they escaped. Um, and Professor Lemba was um, 
was a classically trained symphony um, pianist, and his wife taught music lessons. She was a uh, opera singer, and so they taught music. Uh, they lived and resided at the Ursuline Center and taught music. I've had many people say, gosh, I, I took piano from Professor Limba, and they have such fond memories. And so when you go through a lot of the rooms, you'll see what was his evidence as a music and arts academy is you'll see two or three pianos here. You'll see a whole <laughs> display of violins and fiddles and cellos here um, that are now on display, but just really that emphasis on music and arts mm -hmm. academy. Mm -hmm. Do you, when you're just, you know, needing a break in your, in your work day, do you just go wander around that building for inspiration? I mean, that, that seems like you're in such a place with... I would never get any work done. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, wow. Well, it, it does. It puts things in perspective. Um, really, the, you know, when we come up against a roadblock and you just see, again, the, the fact that this building is still standing and that it's still preserved and that we're still, you know, this is a center, a cultural center, an educational center. It's a, a center for spiritual and intellectual renewal. And we're still doing that 110 years later. And to me, that's pretty profound. That's pretty inspirational. And so I always say to myself, I cannot drop the ball on this. You know, <laughs> again, um, you know, these folks have done an amazing job preserving and protecting this building and do, going to great lengths to um, keep it here in existence for, for generations to come. So do you pick a new book like every week to learn more about the Ursuline <laughs> Center? It seems like um, it would just be a, an endeavor and lifelong learning to mm -hmm. know all the facets of this building and its history and the people who were connected to it. Right. Uh, you know, fortunately, there's been a number of great books uh, that we have even in our, our gift shop at the Ursuline Center. One, uh, the Ursuline Sisters of Great Falls is a pictorial history. Mm -hmm. uh, it was written by uh, Sister Frances Porter and, and Christy Scott is now the director over at the History Museum. Yeah. And so at the time when she collaborated with Sister Frances, um, she was our development director. And so this is a fascinating oh. just account of of That's great my falls kind of buck. Yeah. yeah it's just Picture a great book? pictorial Picture history <laughs> and then the other two books that that um, i have with me are books that uh, really detail and chronicle their times at the mission sites throughout montana so mm -hmm. prior to establishing the ursuline here in great falls as the mother house they were um, at eight other mission sites here in montana um and so the bird, the the book called the Bird Tale is a is a book by Sister Genevieve McBride, and it's about their time over at St. Peter's Mission. And St. Peter's Mission was the mother house. It was about forty five miles west of here on the Cascade to Fort Shaw Military Road, and it was a mission site that was established by the uh, Jesuits in the eighteen sixties. And um, as, as the next couple of decades, they knew that they needed uh, somebody to actually teach the classes. They weren't great teachers, the Jesuits themselves. Mm -hmm. They knew the Ursulines being known as an order of teachers. Um, they asked them to, for their help. And so um, after coming to Montana in 1884, they, they arrived in Miles City when it was like minus 26 degrees. Oh and they Lit stayed. Yeah. And they, they decided stayed. to stay. <laughs> And then quickly between the turn of this century, that the, the six original Ursula sisters that came to Montana grew to 67, and they had established eight mission sites in oh, wow. in mm -hmm. and around Montana. And so um, about the turn of the century out at St. Peter's Mission, and St. Peter's Mission is just this amazing place because it that literally is huge, in the middle of nowhere. It? it was. I'd, okay. I, I mean, the, there's only one one real building that yeah lives is that where today. You Listen to the yeah, yeah okay Megan Carls yeah she yeah. did a, a presentation recital there yeah. on, on sorry to missions. derail you 
No, I no. I love that space out there. It's an old, uh, the old log uh, chapel is still existing, as well as the opera house. Not a lot of people know this, but there was an opera house out there, and that wow. is actually still standing, and it is actually a, a horse barn now. Huh. Um, it's L-shaped. Uh, I've gone in it, and you can still see remnants of the stage and some of the auditorium seating. <laughs> Were you invited in, or did you just sneak in there? Well, it's all on <laughs> just, private property yeah, right now. And so um, we are we part of a, a program that we offer every summer called the Ursula Experience. And so it's a week-long program mm-hmm. where we take uh, folks that are interested uh, to these mission sites, and we get to explore the Ursuline history and go mm-hmm. do a deep dive on 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 Ursuline's work here in Montana. Mm. Well, we might go out to St. Paul's out at uh, Hayes Lodge Pole. That was a mission site. Or we might go out to St. Ignatius in western Montana and explore that mission site and, and a little, learn a little bit more. And so um, in the early 1900s, they were called by the Bishop of Great Falls. They, they asked the Ursulines, would you be interested in establishing a school in Great Falls and we'll help you look for property. And so they said, sure. And so in the early 1900s, they they came over to Great Falls and started looking at property and were first offered uh, two tracts of land um, near downtown Great Falls on 2nd Avenue North between 8th Street and 9th Street. So Mm -hmm. near, oh, I think Printing Center, the Dairy Queen kind of Mm -hmm. down there. Uh, And they held on to that property. And then... um, the city founders and planners asked, would you guys be interested in another piece of property? And, and they took them around Great Falls. And oddly enough, the one piece of property that they really liked is right across the street from your office here, oh. up here on, on the Warden Park area. Uh, oh. And so they really liked this plot of land that overlooked Broadwater Bay yeah, in yeah. the city. So it makes nice. sense why they like and it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really liked it. But they're like, mm, not quite, but we have another piece of ground. You guys, we're going to take you out there. And it was on the outskirts of Great Falls. At that time, Great Falls ended at 9th Street. So the Ursuline Center is at 2300 Central. So another 13 blocks uh, east um, is an area known as the Boston Heights neighborhood. And so they were offered two city blocks, um, which they eventually, about 12 years after that point, after they secured that property, started breaking ground in 1911 for the building itself. And so they farmed that ground as well. They had root cellars. They were very self-sustaining. Um, it was amazing. And then over time, they gave or sold property to the diocese. Um, in the 1950, 1950, the Central Catholic High School was built uh, next door. And so mm-hmm. eventually that became a public high school. And the diocesan office is right behind us, mm-hmm. uh, right across yeah. the parking lot. And so um, when they when they built the building, um, it was, you know, we're no damn experts, but I know one damn thing <laughs> is that the Ursuline Center was the f- one of the first major commercial buildings to be powered by hydroelectricity from Black Eagle Dam. So really? That's oh, we yeah. had some of our own power. Yeah, there hey, you hey. go. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, when we're coming up here, I was like, gosh, I imagine being here if the campus is across the street oh. or just knowing that, you know, they utilize, you know, moving into such an opulent building uh, where, as in the past, they were, you know, heating with coal and logs right. and susceptible to fires. They had to feel like princesses. Oh, a little very bit. much so. Yeah. So to have indoor electricity and indoor plumbing was really a move up for many of these sisters, especially the original six that came out here because they endured extreme hardship when they came out Mile City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, nothing against Mile City. Eastern Montana, you have to be hardy folk yes. out there. Yes, like you it do. gets mm-hmm. it's tough. It it's gets cold and desolate mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in some spots. Like mm-hmm. you gotta 
you got to be committed. They're very tough. And, and again, it, it was no ride in the park for, for these women. Um, you know, you imagine coming out here on wagons and on horseback and nope. train. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Can't, can't no. even fathom. I wouldn't be part of that. Yeah. No. And, and to me, that just it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And so they were in a society that, you know, women were treated differently and mm-hmm. they didn't have voting rights. And they, you know, yeah. a lot of things were stacked up against them. And here they forged a way. And, and so that... That indomitable spirit is really kind of something that's very inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's fun to think how different Great Falls would look if the Ursulines would have been up on this hill, up on Warden Park instead of the T Rex statue. Right. <laughs> I mean, it would look. I would have to think yeah. it would look a lot like a castle. It would, and it, that would have changed a little, a lot of the look the and landscape. feel from there down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you could have had a <sighs> moat around it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, easily. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would be Missed sad if they <laughs> didn't have done that. You know, I mean, just you get the gargoyles, the moat. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Something it's to fun consider. to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you want to do a drawing of what you think that would look like, mm-hmm. send them in to us. Yeah. <laughs> Information at visitgreatfalls.org. Tom can pitch it to the bo- his board and see. We'll what create a coloring <laughs> book with all these sketches of what Great it. Falls would have looked like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Write a grant for that. We want to build a moat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be a new functioning moat, just yeah, like our functioning gargoyle. It'll be the only functioning moat in the state, yeah. <laughs> to match our gargoyles. Uh, so you have a gift shop. What's in the gift shop? So a lot of a gift shop, we have a lot of apparel, Ursuline apparel, uh, preschool t-shirts and, and Ursuline Mount Angela sweatshirts and hoodies and, and religious items, books and um, rosaries and crosses and things that, um, you know, kind of more of the spiritual nature. Uh, lots of books, lots of books that we have published or have published uh, in our gift shop. No gargoyles? No gargoyles, no mini gargoyles. You should have mini gargoyles. That'd be cool. Tom, I really yeah, think there's a, a missed yeah. opportunity here for a grant that does the moat, uh, uh-huh. coloring book, and mini, mini gargoyles. gargoyles. Gar- maybe yeah. like a, a straw thing with a gargoyle attached <laughs> there you to go. your thermos cup that you <laughs> Ooh, suck I like out that. of. I, yeah, I was trying to think of some, some way to, or maybe you can, some type of like watering can oh, system for right? plants. Or even if they're bigger, you can add them to your own home because oh. I'll be in the market for four. Oh. Yes. <laughs> we'll put you down. Yeah, yeah, I'd like some as if well. If you need me to do a deposit uh, mm-hmm. to get this fundraising effort going, uh, let me know. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get write in on the, the check. We'll get in on the ground level with that too. Yeah. Do the um, have you named any of the gargoyles? Oh no, we haven't. But you know what's what's interesting when um, during the summer we have a number of interns that stay with us. Interns, college interns, college age students that work for various other nonprofits here in Great Falls. For instance, the Great mm. Falls Baseball Club brings in a number of mm. college graduates or interns that want to be into sports management. Yeah. Not necessarily the baseball players, but the kids that work behind the scenes. Yeah. Same with Youth Dynamics, the kids mm-hmm. with AmeriCorps. When they come to Great Falls, they stay with us. And so um, the groups that stay with us in the summer, um, we do a little special thing where we go up to the top of the roof. We go outside to watch the fireworks. Oh, and so cool. we're just a few feet underneath the heads of the gargoyles. <laughs> And so we have the best views in the city for fireworks. Yeah. And, and uh, so it's an opportunity. Then they look up and then and then they're like, wow, they're, they're pretty impressive when you mm-hmm. look up close to the gargoyles face itself. To face with yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the, in, in nature, the tradition is with gargoyles, they also have a protective spirit to them. And so usually good luck. And usually there's also a bad aspect of, of certain gargoyles, but 
Um, we don't most, have the bad ones. No, no. we don't. We have <laughs> the, the functioning good ones. Yes, and that's so, right. So do you uh, sell tickets to that private um, 4th of July party? <laughs> yeah. How do, how we do, do we now. get on that? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. We do um, now. I'll take two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It, it, it's nice, and it's a fun break for the kids and yeah. and um, the students that are here. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. You know, not that I even venture to know what the future looks like, but I am telling you, rooftop experiences mm-hmm. um, would add a considerable fun, whether it be dining or mm-hmm. classes or retreat space up on top for cigar smoking. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Or just gargoyle selfies. Yeah, there you go. yeah. That there's a work. there's a unique opportunity to generate some more revenue for go. the long term health of mm-hmm. the the mission. Coming up with all kinds of ideas for that's it. what we're here for. I do have a job for you though. Oh, oh yeah. I will take it. Uh, okay, so this <laughs> after all of that, she just gave you like ten reasons not to give her a job. <laughs> During the day, even now, we have experience with with hornets build, building nests in um, the mouth of the gargoyle. You want her to so get rid of the we hornets? We need to get rid of the hornets. I would do that. I would do that. Long stick and there you go. Start poking stuff. <laughs> Please let me know when you're doing I got an this old, so I can get There's an video. old, small, old nest at the peak of this building. I gotta figure out yeah. a stick and knock oh, it down. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I've done it at the house. I'm, I'm seasoned. I'm yeah. well. I want to qualify for be this. A, an observer of yeah. This. Get your drone. Yep. Or you could be right next to me. Uh-huh. Your choice. Well, yeah. The drone can be next to you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to be near all of these wasps and things. Do you uh, charge for your tours? Mm. How does that work? No charge for the tours. There's got to um, be a donation bin somewhere. There is the a donation uh, box in the museum. Um, you know, the, just the fact that we can share that story is just, you know, yeah. um, they can donate. Um, they can donate online as well. The tour takes about an hour to hour and a half. Um, and again, we go through all the rooms that we normally don't have open. So it's a really mm-hmm. a treat for those just get an in-depth um, view and, and background historical context of, of the wrestling here in mm-hmm. Great Falls. It's such a beautiful space. And uh, honestly, if you are put it on your list and you're going to want to call Tom ahead of time. So you make sure you've got your own tour scheduled, but mm-hmm. it is really worth the experience. And maybe just maybe if you're lucky enough Shannon will go over there with her video capabilities and give yes. you some sneak peeks. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you're lucky enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to make if everyone not, lucky enough for that. If not, you're just going to have to show up and do it in I person, mean, which ideally, is better anyway. Ideally both. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's folks that have done, when we've done special fundraisers like the Mother's Day brunch, some of our signature events that yeah. we do to invite, get people in the building, we conduct tours, our docents are on hand or do mm-hmm. simultaneous tours throughout the building. So that's always a possibility. If we have a large group, we do large groups as well. The Mother's Day brunch, does that sell out? It does. You typically Pretty early? Pretty early. I mean, we don't, you know, we'll, we'll take reservations, but we can't guarantee a table. It's just a mad, de- it's like four or 500 <laughs> people that show up oh, after. Wow. 10 o'clock mass or 11 o'clock mass and it goes from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. so it's an opportunity for our kitchen staff to showcase their skills and talents um, but then again there's a dessert lounge a number of volunteers that do the tours um, oh. and just really just kind of learn a bit more about what we're doing our current mission and the history and the legacy of, mm. uh, of the past well I think it's a perfect way to you know Make sure mom knows she's loved exactly. with a weekend getaway mm-hmm. that culminates with Mother's Day brunch at the Ursuline Center. And if and if you're lucky enough, you'll be able get to the tour. 
get the tour, tour. and that's a seat. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Don't pluck the there harp. There you go. It's coming up Don't in May. <laughs> Plan now. <laughs> yeah. Don't pluck the harp. <laughs> but maybe there's a wardrobe in this room that will take you to a, another magical land since yeah. it looks like Narnia. It does. It mm-hmm. It's really, you have to see it in person. Yeah. I mean, it'll be fun to see it in a video if you're, if you get the chance, but adding it to my in list. person. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's some great photography on our website at UrsulineCenter.com. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, again, in person really does, you get that sense, that scope of, mm-hmm. of really kind of, this is in the middle of Montana, this building, um, yeah. you know, this, this historic piece, this, uh, landmark is really what it is. And so that's still here uh, 111 years later. And has spokes outside of it, like connecting it to other portions of the state, which is, cool absolutely tom i appreciate you being here clarifying confirming that i knew there was something unique about <laughs> gargoyles here in gray falls yes, now we know good job now we I know sh- I, the only functioning ones in the state yeah uh, i really appreciate the opportunity to share <laughs> yeah so well you. we love it i love going to the ursland center i can't wait for to find more reasons to have to stay there um <laughs> I've, not, I've never stayed and i've well, never seen any of the, stay there. i know i'm working on that go sleep on the roof with <laughs> gargoyles there you go. Oh, it's probably like july 3rd i think i'm gonna have a retreat mm, there you go uh-huh <laughs> it's gonna be a three-day retreat perfect <laughs> just your own retreat robert doesn't By need yourself. to come <laughs> yeah well i call it you know i always joke with people but i do do innovation vacations so like I just go by myself somewhere i like that and oh, spend right some on. time just trying to drowned out the sound and yeah well you know they always say you get your best ideas in the shower mm-hmm. well what if you were just in a shower for three perpetual days? shower <laughs> you know that's kind of the idea metaphorical shower right yes um <sighs> book yourself an innovation vacation july 3rd through the 5th and i'll see you on the roof <laughs> she's just inviting everyone to crash your party now tom yeah. well i you know this is this is a good example if we are powerful people your phone should be ringing yeah. off the hook. I know. I expect <laughs> like, my, my We're ready voice. to book our innovation vacation. Yeah. I love it. I hope so. I would welcome that very much so. Gosh. So, folks, until we see your bright, smiling, healthy, happy faces here in Great Falls, Montana, we hope you're creating amazing memories with your friends and family wherever you might be. See you soon. We're no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town.